This is Dream Loudly, a show that fights for dreams, stands against the culture, and demonstrates the logic of impossible innovations. Steve Jobs never had an iPhone till he made it. They all play the game. I told him I'ma change it. See the mountain, I'ma move it with no hesitation. I am in no lane. That's my innovation. This show gives you as a basketball player, trainer, parent, or coach the resources to boldly attack this game and to dream loudly. Welcome back to Dream Loudly, an I'm Possible original show. We are, of course, your hosts, Michael Lancaster and Bryce Stanhope. And let me just say as we start this off that our Dream Loudly Foundation is now live. And so we're going to be talking more about how you can get involved with our Dream Loudly Foundation. We're going to be talking about donating, but also how we are going to be providing scholarships for players, trainers, and coaches. And so before we dive into our topic today, I just want to really quickly discuss this opportunity. So as far as the nonprofit goes, here's what we're going to be able to do. Dream Loudly is set to offer, first off, players' scholarships Mm -hmm. for online training and in-person training. For the online training, that's our IPT Elite Skill Membership. And so I'm so excited to be able to offer that program to as many people in need as possible. Applications will be opening soon for that. But what are you most excited about in terms of the IPT Elite Skill Membership for people? Um, I think it's just our, our ability to reach more players because not, not everybody is always going to have that ability to, you know, fly into us. We're not always local to them. We don't necessarily always have a trainer in their area. And, you know, I, I think I think we've talked about this in past podcasts as well. But, like, we just want to help players. The more players that we can reach and get to. And that's why even, you know, going on the other side too, you know, reaching out to the coaches through this too. is like the more players we can get to, the better. So no matter how we have to do it, you know, helping players that just maybe just don't have quite the access to it. It's just... I think it's just a win-win for just players across the board because, you know, IPT Elite membership has been blowing up as it is already. So just being able to help people get access to that, I just think, I think it's an incredible thing that we're doing. Yeah, we've we've always talked about this. We've never wanted to be uh, unaccessible. Yeah. And so we obviously always have social media, which is free access. We have dream, um, we have our Dream Notly podcast, which of course is free knowledge and information. Yep. And so for those of you who are in need, players, if you need help, go to dreamloudlynow.com and go ahead and start filling out the application surveys that we have um, before that opens up. And the other really cool part that's coming soon is we're also going to be offering scholarships for coaches and trainers. And so a lot of times people say that the training world is saturated. We will be the first to tell you that we do not believe it is because if we're going to impact more lives, if we're going to impact more kids, we need more qualified trainers. Absolutely. So the big key is that it's not saturated, but it is lacking in education. Yep. And so we are extremely excited about offering scholarships to trainers. So we're going to be able to offer scholarships to trainer university. We're going to be able to offer scholarships for people to go ahead and get certified that otherwise wouldn't have the ability to do so. All of that is coming soon through Dream Loudly. And so go to dreamloudlynow.com to take a look at the foundation. Now, as we jump into the program today, I have this statement that we're going to be just talking about And it starts out with, you don't understand skill training if. So the very first one is, you don't understand skill training if you assume that anything you see a player doing is being repeated over and over again for thousands of reps. Yeah. So so I remember this a lot from, obviously, more social media over the years, your post, my post, other trainers' posts, even trainers that have nothing to do with our organization, but... 
people assume because they've seen you do it. And I think this is the connection with, you know, we've heard NBA players talk about like, oh, I used to practice a thousand times. So they think you have to do something, you know, a thousand times, 20,000 times, whatever it is, in order to actually get that. And what we've noticed is players can actually pick up stuff much quicker than that. You know, we've always talked about, you know, you know, the 20,000 hours thing has nothing to do with working on one thing, has to be basketball as a whole. So I think when we've gone through this kind of years and years and years, most players only really need a handful of reps before they start to actually obtain the skill. Some players, okay, maybe it is longer. Maybe it's 45 minutes. Some kids, you do five reps and like, boom, they've got it. So now we could go down the road of, you know, how many reps do they need to, you know, perfect it, be able to use it in a game. Everybody's different. But I think that's one of those things that people just have bought into that narrative so hard of like, you need to practice that one thing so many times for it to ever become a part of you. And we've just, we've just found out that's just not true. It's almost like anything that we show that people naturally assume, man, we must have done that over and over and over again. <laughs> Two straight hours. Yeah, not yeah. only that, but you know, we've seen so many times we walk into a trainer workout and it's their Tuesday workout with the kid is exactly what they just did on Monday. So people think that you're literally repeating this workout with a kid until they get it. And so naturally, if, if we were doing something that's a little bit more innovative or outside the box to try to just teach their body something small. Might even just been breaking a little bit of a coupling pattern where their hands copy each other. I just posted one of, of uh, Desmond Claude doing box hits. Very, very complex version of it where he had to move. And then people are, you know, like, hey, that's, that's doing too much, right? Because they're thinking that we're doing this literally <laughs> yeah. over and over and over again. And trying, it to, would, trying to simulate the game is what it, everybody always comes yeah. back to. And it yeah. would be too much if that was the case. But all we're really doing is 20 minutes of something to get his body used to something, and we will never do that one thing with him again. And how was he at by time the end of the 20 minutes? He was phenomenal. Yeah. We accomplished what we needed to accomplish. There was just some small brain work that I wanted to be able to get, small coupling issues that he had. And sometimes when you are aggressive with your hands hitting a box, you can break some of that off of someone's body. Absolutely. So I, I, I call it like breaking chains off of mm -hmm. them. And I'm going to move on. But if you look at that training and think that we're doing that thousands and just thousands of times, yep. then you won't understand skill training. And so it's the habit mindset that people have. Yeah. Not all the training, and especially for skill training, is habit-based. A lot of times we're just trying to give their body a little bit of a different ability to feel something or do something so we can move on to other things. And it's just that whole idea. They don't know how to separate skill from game situational. Mm -hmm. So that would be one. Any others on that? No, I mean, I mean, I think that I think you hit it right on the head. Is like it is like everybody coming back to these these old notions of you know you need to put so many hours in on just this one thing in order to actually get it. And I, I mean, it's it's every every time a player comes in, it's it's every summer when players come in for camps. It's just it, it all comes back to players can surprise you at how quickly they can obtain something. And then, then I, then I think again, it's just, I, I think it's just that everybody likes the way that sounds. It's like, it's that grind mentality too of like, you got to do that 50,000 times and then you have it mastered. Um, but like, like we said, like most kids, like if you give them 20 minutes on something, they tend to, they tend to grab that pretty quick. Yeah. And I think the coupling topic is a good one. So yeah. let me just a quick explain what that is. So coupling is a person's body basically copying itself. So we see this a lot in toddlers. A two or three year old is making a fist with their right hand. You're probably gonna notice they're making a fist with their left hand. Their body wants to mimic itself. And so in many cases, we don't lose all of that. And we see that a lot with basketball players. And so when a lot of times people will say buzzwords like offhand activation, 
Yeah. And that probably we started that word, that term. Said it one time. In, in uh, the old, I think, business as usual series. But the whole point of this is typically just to break off that coupling issue. Because mm-hmm. if someone was dribbling the basketball with their right hand and their left hand, for instance, is battling with the defender, what will happen to a lot of players is their dribbling hand will start copying or mimicking that motion yep. and they start to slowly lose their dribble. And so I don't have to necessarily create a new skill or break any bad habits. What I need to do is just make sure your body knows it doesn't have to couple. Mm -hmm. And so we can do some things for 20 minutes to train that off of their body, layer on the new ability to have free hands, left hand doesn't impact the right, and we're good to go. And all of a sudden your handle just feels different and chaos doesn't impact you the same way. It doesn't need all the time more than just that one time, especially if you have a, a player like Dez who's already a Division I player at Xavier. So that would be one example of it. You also don't understand skill training if you believe that training with accountability tools will stunt long-term growth like a calculator, GPS, and wearing glasses. So the, the, the biggest thing I don't understand about this topic with people is this is only a basketball issue. I don't think there's another sport on the planet that doesn't use training tools. So everybody knows I have a massive golf obsession. I don't, I don't think they know that. They, they, if you don't, I have a massive golf obsession. But like, it's the same concept with golf. Is like they use so many different training tools to try to create feel, to try to distribute, you know, uh, swing pass and stuff like that. Every sport has it. Football, you see players do it all the time. They're doing high knees through the barrels to get people to learn how to pick up their feet as they run with that football. Um, you know, they run through the hitting pads that aren't actually like people. They're just like arms sticking out. Like every sport has that boxing. We've always talked about boxing in the past. You can't just throw somebody out there and be like, Hey, just go box. Like you get a concussion, probably brain injuries, but basketball seems to be that only one that has seemed to put this pigeonhole on again. It's either the naturals or the not, or, you know, getting down and touching that cone. Like it just like it stunts long growth learning because you had to learn it in a almost like a cheating way. So, but I've never understood this topic because it's just, it's, it's only a basketball issue. No other sport goes through this. We don't hear this in any other sport. You know, you really don't. And golf is obviously known for it. Um, like you said, boxing, you can see training tools being used in football training. Yep. And the example I always use is the flight simulator. Yeah. So before a flight simulator, pilots died a lot. Just go fly a plane. It was a problem. Just, just go we were losing pilots. Yeah. And so the, the flight simulator was an incredible breakthrough that allowed, you know, <laughs> pilots to now practice without dying. Pretty, yeah. pretty important. <laughs> and they still knew how to fly real planes. But that's what's happened to some of these people's kids. They're dying on the court. It's just not in such a literal sense. But a lot of this came from there's a there's another well-renowned trainer who did a 21-day deep dive scientific study. And then he was done with it because he learned everything that he needed to know in 21 days. But that's what he basically did is he did studies on using calculators, a GPS, and wearing glasses and came to the scientific outcome that using training tools will actually stunt long-term growth. Now, what I want to be able to just bring up here is those things are not training tools. So all of those things had one thing in common. They're doing the work for you. So I can see how, for instance, I'm awful with directions because I use a GPS all the time. I don't 
force myself to know directions very well without it. And so I, I'm the first one to tell you that using a GPS stunted my long-term growth of being good with my directions. I'm still going to use it because it's very simple. But there's nothing in basketball that can serve as my GPS. I can't have any training tool that actually does the work for me. And so that's another issue that I have people who say explicit detail is somehow bad. Yep. They're like, hey, you can't give them the answer. It won't transfer to the game. I can't give their body the answer. I can still tell them, hey, there's a, there's a skill mat on the floor. I want you to do a speed stop on that left, right. And then I want you to do a step through off of it. That's very explicit detail. Their body still has to do it. Yes. So that accountability on the floor is there for them. But nothing is going to allow them or, or force them to get it right. They still have to have their personal accountability. Yep. But we are giving them an incredible advantage. So the problem is with stuff like this, there is really no science on it. The science is on non-basketball related stuff. Yeah. And so this would have to be something completely different that would have to be studied that these are not tools that are doing the work for you. You have to do the work. This is potato, potato. They're tools that guide not you. Not the same thing. And, and how do you, you know, we, we talk about this a lot with players. We used to not have our mats. The mats have been the biggest breakthrough, obviously, yeah. that we've ever used. Now I don't even know how I taught footwork without it. No. Because when you don't, when players don't have that visual, their feet go all over the place and you're just left trying to try to tell them little things like try to be a little shorter, try to be a little wider, try yeah. to dr try. And you can't be specific enough. But if I can say, put your foot there, put your foot there, make the ball hit here, they learn it right away. Well, I just, I just had a really nice conversation with one of our, our newly certified trainers where she was just talking about that same thing where she was like, man, like she's like, I used to take so much time in my workout to teach footwork. Then I started using the mat. She's like, I freed up so much time in my workout for them just to get more reps because I don't have to sit here and explain so much. I'm like, put your foot here, put your foot here. And then if I have to film it, take it to the video. Like, like I, I love calling it a shortcut because I love going against that grain of there are no shortcuts, but it is truly, truly a shortcut. Like I, I, and I, and I, I'm always really honest with people about my path as a trainer too, is like, like I would, I would hear you say things like, man, like I, I, I don't imagine ever doing a workout without some sort of accountability. And I used to think that was crazy. Now I can't imagine doing a workout with some sort, without some sort of accountability, because even if we're just talking about basic levels of footwork, like I had little kids yesterday doing, you know, rip throughs with a partial step. I'm not doing that without that mat. There's no way because they're either going to step in the wrong direction. They're going to take too long of a step, too short of a step versus I'm like, Hey, get your foot here. I never had to talk to it again. They got their foot there every single time. So, but that, that's what, that's what I love about, you know, even some of our new incoming certified trainers is they're realizing how quickly they can do stuff just by using some of our methods and some of our tools. And people got to realize that is a flight simulator. Yeah. You know, people are like, hey, they got to eventually do it without it. I agree. The best place to do that is in the game mm -hmm. when they're not going to have the accountability anymore in the same way and in their team practices. So they're already getting plenty of non-accountability work in terms of training tools and, and just holding them accountable to technique. And defenders and space ends yeah. up being the accountability for them in those environments. But it is the flight simulator in the training. But without the flight simulator, it's just hard for them to really feel that space. And so you can have people's feet going all over the place. And let me remind you, I'm not gluing their feet to the spots. Mm. They have the freedom to move their feet. Yeah. So I'm not forcing them in a way that's unnatural. I'm just giving them what we call forced accountability, meaning that 
it's going to be harder for them to screw it up because I'm forcing the constraints onto their body and I'm making it easy for them to just match up to it. And so, but I'm not gluing them there. So it's yeah. a different type of force. Yeah. And that's what people need to understand about training tools. There is nothing that we would do with a player that would ever do the work for them. They still have to figure it out for themselves. Another, another great one would be the cone slide. If I'm having someone do a rip cone slide, I'm forcing their shoulder low, but I'm not doing it in such a way where they're leaning on it, where yeah. the cone is holding them up. So it's still a level of personal accountability and forced accountability. And so the, the cone is going to put them in a position where they can't screw it up, but they're going to learn how to hold their bodies up at those angles. Yeah. It's, it's just the perfect balance of it. And when you're trying to teach skill, there's just nothing that can replace that. It's very hard for people to get it without it. Yep. Number three, you don't understand skill training if you believe that skill training is being promoted as a replacement. So I would say this is probably the most common thing that we deal with. I would say out of all of these so far is everybody thinks that we're promoting, like you said, this is what you should be doing every day. And, and, and I think that's where people aren't doing a good job. And I, I do believe it's getting better because we're getting so many people that are reaching out that are either were a hater in the beginning, but then like they just either studied it, they looked into it more. They're like, man, this just really makes sense is you should still be having your days that a you're working with your team. Your team is probably going to do your game management stuff, coming off screens, your coaches, how they want you to run in their offense, whatever your days where you're just getting up shots. We, we don't do a lot of it here. I do a little bit more on the shooting side, but like we don't do a lot of just raw spot shots. You can, I used, my mom used to rebound and do my spot shots with me. Like that was her mom's son time. You can get anybody to do spot shots for you, but we're not saying replace those stuff. Even when we have players training, my local players, I tell them find two to three days a week where you're just working on what we do. Threes even sometimes I think a stretch. If you give me two quality days working on a skill a week, you're going to get skilled quick. Because you already did one with me, and you're going to find two by yourself. Okay, now you have four other days in the week, spot shots, day of rest, um, working with your teams, whatever it is. But there's never been a time where we have ever said in any statement video, like, hey, do this every day. Yeah, and I, we, we teach the opposite of that. Do not do skill training no. as your all-the-time thing. Yeah. I, you know, it's so funny, and we, we've we've joked about this. I think, and maybe even the in the last one is when people say things like, "Hey, when you mature in the game, it's when you know that the IQ uh, or skill doesn't mean anything without the IQ. Yeah. It's like they're fighting against each other, yeah. and it's like, okay, what's your point? You need them both. So no one is saying only skill here. It's like bashing one to try to say one's more important." But I can say the other thing. You can have a great basketball IQ, but if you have zero skill, you're trash. It goes both ways. Yeah. But we prove it every day. If you want to know if we really are, are doing or practicing what we preach, go look at our website. When you are a local player here in Michigan at our world headquarters, we train you in a personal setting three times a month. Do you think we're actually telling players to only train three times a month? Obviously not. Yeah. But what we do is, is our model is built to give them more success. So we give you three days, three days a month with us 
to work on your weaknesses, to work on skill enhancement. We, of course, want you to do those things on your own in between our workouts because we don't want to repeat that with you. So, yes, we're, we want you to do it more than just three times a month there, but we're also giving you time for what we tell them to do. Go get your shots up. Go through your game situations. Do workouts with your coaches. You have your team practices, and you have games. You need time for all of that. Yep. And so we're, we're preaching and practicing this all the time. But the problem is the game situational side of things, those trainers are typically saying, this is what you need. Yeah. And they're trying to say, don't do skill training. And so who's honestly the, the more unbalanced, mm-hmm. right? And so we're as balanced as you get because we will tell you right away, we are skill enhancement specialists. We're giving you the skill side and we're also encouraging you and telling you, you have to do the other stuff. Yeah. That's what they don't seem to understand on this. Um, you know, one, one of the things that's, that's really, really key that's coming up here is we have our IPT Elite Plus program that's coming out soon. Oh, yep. I'm so excited about this. It's going to come with a free master class for parents. We're going to go over an hour of just education information on how to lead your kids. Mm-hmm. And we will literally walk you through this of how to balance skill training, gameplay, getting shots up getting game situations and how to balance all of that and give you better understanding of how, how this works. And I'm really, really excited for, for parents on that. But the biggest thing is, is skill training is never a replacement of the other stuff. Yeah. Do you have any other examples of that? So I, w- I would say the best example, I don't even know if this counts as an example, but um, even when we've worked with NBA players, we have always had a honest talk with them about the, it kind of takes a village. You know, we've never been like, hey, you work with us and, and us only. You're our guy, whatever. We've always tried to direct player like, you need to have your different guys. So, like, we've had it where guys like to skill train with you. They like to shoot with me. And then we also tell them, like, hey, like, this other guy does fit in a role here where we can be like, hey, this is your guy that's going to run you through game situations, things of that sort. It's the same way we talk to kids, though, too. Like, I, I think it's very important that trainers start to understand that you don't own players and you shouldn't want to either. Because if we're all being honest, you can't be everything for a guy. You can't be their strength trainer, their shooting coach, their skill guy. You can't. Because number one, that's way too much time with one person. You're going to start getting annoyed with them and you're going to stop listening. But how else will you accept all the credit? That's what I mean. And I think that's where a lot of that stuff comes from is like people want to be like, oh, like like you own this player. Um, I just had a, a player kind of talk about that with me the other day. They brought up uh, Carl Towns winning a three-point contest. If I'm being blatantly honest, even before I worked with Carl Towns, he was still a pretty good shooter. I just added my piece to it. I'm like, okay, you can really shoot the ball. Your form's nice. Let's just start working range types of shots. But I can't take credit for all that. I can't be like, oh, that's my three-point. I won that three-point contest. So we've always been really big on like that. It, it, it takes a village mentality. And then if we're, if, you know, you've worked with us and you're skilled now, you don't need us anymore. Like you don't. If you're still training with us, it's because you just enjoy training with us. So There's so many people involved in this. There's the youth coaches. Parents. There's their actual coaches, their AAU coaches. Everybody. Strength and conditioning coaches. Your game situational trainers, possibly. Skill enhancement trainers, mm-hmm. possibly. And then you have, obviously have your team staffs as you get to the higher yep. levels. So it, it, it's, it's so everyone wants to measure their results. Yeah. And there's too many factors. If any, if you try to do a study on this, you wouldn't be able to do it because there's be too many hard. factors that go into the study, which is why there is no real science that goes into That's what into makes sports this. in general awesome, though. It, it just There's so many ways to get there, to say any one way is the path to get to where you want. Like, you know, 
you better hope you are a special individual if you just do things one way and like you get there. Like, so this is the way that I like to say it, and then we'll close this up. You know, I just know that the players that I've worked with and that we've worked with, we've made a mark. Yep. We didn't make them. No. But we did give them something that helped them. And that's what this is all about. Absolutely. And so as long as you just leave your mark on the players that you train, then you just... You've done your part? You've done your part. And then over time, you can see some trends. We can't have accidentally been around this many players who have succeeded. (laughs) It's a big accident if it is. We didn't create them, but you can start to see that we've definitely had some good fortune with our players having success, which is just further assurance that we're doing something good. You can't tear us down based on our resume and the players have had success. At the same time, we're not putting our hat on it and saying we made them who they are and no one should ever do that. Just know that you're doing the best you can for those players. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. And that wraps up another Dream Loudly episode. Once again, do me a favor. Go to dreamloudlynow.com. And if you're a player, a player, trainer, or coach who's in need of support, if you're in need of scholarships, go there now and check out how you can take advantage of the Dream Loudly Foundation so we can help you. And if you are a person who is interested in donating, we would love for you to get involved. We need your help to help more people and to change more lives. So go to dreamloudlynow.com and I will see you next week.